Tonight, I want to shift gears on this, and I want to share with you how you can present the gospel. If I were to say, if I were to just randomly walk out here and grab a couple of you and say, come up here, I want you to lead us in the pledge to the flag or say John 3.16, there'd be some of you that would fight me or would run out of the building screaming. You know, one of the greatest fears that people have is public speaking. And uh, I, I have other issues. I, I love this. Um, and it has to do, you know, probably with my calling. But um, sometimes, too, there are certain things that we get real afraid about sharing with people. And yet it's so important that you know how to share the gospel with somebody. Thank you, all seven of you. Because we believe that everybody spends forever somewhere. I want you to think about that. Everybody spends forever somewhere. And there is something that is referred to, and this actually came out of a a council of churches meeting in like the 1400s. And so it's in Latin. And it's the Missio Dei. And it's the mission of God. And from cover to cover, that's what the Bible is. It's one mission. It's one mission. Uh, God said to Abraham... Genesis 12, 3. He said that through you, through your seed, all the nations of the world would be blessed. And that was prophetic, talking about... And you go back further in Genesis and, and we see that God pronouncing to the man and the woman uh, regarding the serpent, regarding the curse, and regarding what he would do about it. And, and the ultimate end of it would be that, that their seed, and there's reference to Jesus, would crush the head of the serpent would crush. How many of you know you get your head crushed? It's over. Okay. And he said, but he shall bruise your heel, which meant there would be some suffering involved for our savior. And we point to the cross for that. But the mission of God is to get his love and salvation available to every person on this earth. Why? Because everybody's going to spend forever somewhere. And he came to seek and to save that which is lost. And if you've got a mindset and a picture of God as being this angry God looking for you to fail and and waiting to point out your faults, you you really need to read the Bible again. You you really need to look at the Bible in, in the right light. And we've been talking in recent weeks about our great purpose, that we're not home yet. We're, we're here and we have help from heaven and we're headed. Our citizenship is in heaven. But while we're here, we have full provision. But that full provision is tied into we have a great purpose. And that great purpose is that we are to be salt and we are to be light. The greatest thing you can be is not, you know, get a promotion at your job or something. The greatest thing that ultimately you could be when the whole thing is over is that you were salt and you were light and you were part of that great mission of God uh, to all mankind. Can I get an amen on that tonight? Did you know there's a real hell and there's a real heaven? And... And be careful of the media because they're playing with things all the time. And even be careful of ministers because, and that's why you got to stay real close to, to the Bible. Um, because there's some that are trying to do away with heaven, do away with hell. There's some that their eschatology includes that you don't need either. We're just going to make it all so good here. We're just going to fix it all good here. And Jesus will just come back and say, good job, y'all. You know, and um, it's really not going to work out that way. Okay. Uh, there's a whole nother plan and, and, and path that that will take. But there is a real hell, a, a hell and a real heaven. 
Now, I want to go back and share something with you from a couple of weeks ago. I talked about the fact that the life that you live as a Christian in the presence of unbelievers is a preview, a preview. Everybody say a preview. And, and, and I want you to get this concept. And I know that I've hit it a couple of times in recent weeks, but you've got to know this. You've got to be aware of this. How many of you know we all have some blind spots? Well, for the rest of you, you got some blind spots, okay? How many of you have ever had broccoli in your teeth or something on your face and, and you didn't know it? I'm paranoid about that. And, it, and if I sneeze or, or, or something in public, I'll, I'll turn to my wife. Am I all clear? You know? Um, but we, as we live our life and, and we, we want the light of God and we need people around us so that we're, we are good advertisement for God. Because not everybody's good advertisement for God. And we, we want to make sure that we are. That I, I, last thing in the world we want to do is cause anybody to stumble or hinder somebody or give them a wrong idea about our Savior. Amen. So your life and my life, and hear this, is a preview. So the life that we live in front of somebody who's not a Christian, who's, who's not a believer, they look at your life and they see that as a preview, that if I become a Christian, then I'll become like that. And what they see is going to determine if they even want that. If you're all rigid and religious and condemning and negative and self-righteous, they'll go, I don't, I don't want to be that. Amen. I don't want that. If you're weird for Jesus, did you know that's illegal? <laughs> you know, if you're weird for Jesus and, and just manic and all over the place in, in the name of the Lord, that's a preview to other people. People are going to see that and go, so if I become a Christian... I'll be like that. No. And so we've got to realize that our life, how we live, uh, is a reflection of of God. And it's a preview for other other people. So it's very important that in our life, there is what we call lifestyle evidence. Lifestyle evidence. Did you know that if you crumble every time you have a crisis in your life, and then one of your coworkers or a friend or neighbor, and they're not a believer and they have a crisis, and you come over and get, try to give them godly counsel and encouragement, they'll go, yeah, right. Yeah, I've watched you. And this is not about perfection, but it's about having God in your life and, and having some level of some consistency in your life that people would say, you know, yeah, there is something in you that I wish I had that in my life. And so there has to be some lifestyle evidence uh, in us. That's very, very important. Now, I'm just kind of stacking a few things here, and, and we're going somewhere with this. We have talked about relational, invitational evangelism. And in our day, in our world, post 9-11, everything else, uh, the number one most effective form of evangelism, of winning people to Jesus, is relational, invitational evangelism. What is that? That means that somebody you know, somebody that you have some level of relationship with, you invite them to church. And you get them to church, they're going to hear the gospel, they're going to be around, hopefully, some real loving and kind people. Yes. And y'all look at me real good. Most of the time, I, I would say like 99.99% of the time, what I hear from people is everybody is so friendly and so loving, so kind. And then just a couple of weeks ago, a lady caught me at the door and she said, I'm so glad you're doing small groups so that I can meet somebody. 
And, and I said, well, good, good. And, and she said, I'm kind of new to the church. And she'd been here a number of weeks. And she said, no one has talked to me. And I thought, you must be coming down the chimney or something. You know? <laughs> but she said, no, 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 nobody has, has talked to me. And, and, and y'all watch this. Just because somebody doesn't give off, you know, hey, hey, y'all, Jesus is so good. You know, look, look for somebody. And, and I'm not saying attack them and hug them, you know. But, but find people and say, hey, how are you? I'm glad you're here. Reach out. I've told you about the Jim syndrome before, G-Y-M before, haven't I? How many of you have ever had a membership at a gym? How many of you, for you, that was a waste of money? And then you did it again. Happy New Year's, okay? All right. Um, so often, uh, you know, there have been num- numerous times in my life where I joined a gym and, and now I have a little different setup, and, and I do exercise regularly, and I have a trainer and so forth. But there were times that I would have a, a membership to the gym, and I just remember, especially the first few months that you would go there, you felt like everybody there knew everybody else. And you also felt like everybody there knew what they were doing. Come on, am I telling the truth? And you felt like, I'm, I'm just, uh, I do my, you know... And, do whatever you would do. And, and that can happen in church. And so you need to be warm and loving and welcoming. Are y'all hearing me? This isn't my message tonight, but this is a message tonight that, that, that we do that. Now, relational, invitational evangelism, get people to church. But I want to take this a little bit further. Beyond you having lifestyle evidence that you are a good preview, good advertisement for God, and beyond relational, invitational evangelism, And I want you to hear me on this. You need to know how to share the gospel. You need to know how to lead somebody to Jesus. And so I'm going to share some things with you. And one of them is high tech tonight, too. Uh, It's going to be interesting here. Um, A person cannot be saved without knowledge of Jesus and without knowledge of his atonement. At some point, there has to be, hear this, There has to be the proclamation of the gospel. Now, let's look at some scripture here. Romans chapter 10. You all with me tonight? Romans chapter 10, verse 13 through 15. But whoever calls on the name of the Lord. Who? Whoever. Whoever. You all know any whoever's? Are you all whoever's? Whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then shall they call? Watch, Watch this progression here. How then shall they call on him in whom they've not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they've not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And I say this all the time. It's not just me preacher, that's you preacher. And how shall they preach unless they are sent, sending you? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things. And the verse 17 in context says, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So if you call upon the name of the Lord, you'll be saved. But you won't call if you haven't, if you don't believe. And you won't believe if you haven't heard. And so it is important that a person hears the proclamation of the gospel so that they will believe because faith comes by hearing, but not just by hearing, by accepting what you hear as truth. And I think beyond just the hearing of the gospel, there's something else that helps you to accept it as truth 
And I think that is the people that are around that say that the gospel has changed their life. Okay? Now, the Holy Spirit is major in this whole process. How many of you know that when uh, those of you that are Christians, you're believers tonight, how many of you know the Holy Spirit was working in your life before you even invited Jesus into your life? Let me ask you this. It's always, always interesting too. How many of you know that God actually saved your physical life before and you weren't even a Christian yet? Come on. Have, have, have y'all had that happen before? How many of y'all did some dumb things? Come on, come on, you know. And, and God spared you. And you weren't serving him. You weren't calling on him. Maybe in the moment you were, oh, God, you know. Uh, and he, he spared you. He you know, that's incredible. The Holy Spirit is at work in people's lives. That's what you've got to understand. And you're not the judge and jury. Amen. You're, you're not the one to decide, you know, God's not working in their life. He's, they are so hard-headed. They are so far from God. You don't know what's going on. You don't, let, let me just ask you, how many of you were hard-headed? How many of you, probably some folks around you thought, God never worked in their life. You've got to be kidding me. Yeah, I run into people from high school and they go, you're a preacher? Uh, yes, shut up. <laughs> no, I didn't say that. I just thought it. But the Holy Spirit works. He prepares. He draws. He reveals. He convicts. He haunts, in a sense. You just do your part. And you have to pay attention because the Holy Spirit's working on it. Do not make this mechanical. Don't make this a quota. Don't, don't treat it that way. You just have to follow the Holy Spirit and do your part. Let's read here in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 6 through 8, and I'm reading in the New Living. Paul writes, and he says, I planted the seed. Everybody say seed. seed. I planted the seed in your hearts. And Apollos watered it. Watered what? The seed. The seed. But it was God who made it, it what? The seed grow. It's not important who does the planting or who does the watering. What's important is that God makes the seed grow. The one who plants and the one who waters work together with the same purpose and both will be rewarded for their hard work. So what's your hard work? Your hard work is to do this, is to plant and to water and to plant and to water. And you do that with your life and you do that with your words. But there's situations that are going to come. There are times that are going to come where you are now ready, a person is now ready to share Jesus with them. And it should not be scary. Y'all are, it should not be scary. Listen, you got the answer. You have life eternal. And you have help. The Holy Spirit will help you. I won't let you out of here. I'll hold you late tonight. You'll... You'll have help, the Holy Spirit. Because when he prompts you, he's already been there. It's when you get out of time and out of line and, you know, just march on onward, Christian soldier. I'm going to beat people with the Bible today till somebody gives their life to Jesus. The the only reason they'll do is because they're scared of you. You know, and, and that's not good either. But you don't need to be afraid. And there's moments that will come. How many of you have had moments before where you're just afraid to take that next, say that next thing? I can remember like in high school. How many of you remember rotary dial phones? How many of you have no idea what I'm talking about? Watch some old movies. You'll see. 
But I can remember, okay, I'm going to call this girl up and I'm going to ask her. So you dial, what is it? Seven numbers. And chicken out. Hanging up, okay. Look at her picture again in the yearbook. Yes, I'm going to ask her. Right? Come on, don't leave me alone up here. And you call her up and her dad answers. You just do your part. Now get this. Some hearts are not ready for harvest. You cannot strong arm people to Jesus. You know, if you don't accept him today, you're going to... You know, you can, some, some hearts are not ready for harvest. And get this. Some soil is not ready for seed. Some of you might be gardening. I'm a retired gardener. You might be getting ready. You know, what do you have to do? You have, the soil has to be prepared. And one of the things is rain. And this is a whole other message we could get into. But pray for rain. And I'm not talking about the, that rain. I'm talking about the Holy Spirit. The early and the late rain. The early rain helps to prepare the soil and get the seed going. And rains on the seed. And then there's a later rain that comes. And that helps to prepare everything to get it all the way ready for harvest. And it's the Holy Spirit that does that work. You just do your part. You hear me? You just do your part. Some people line people up. Monday night, come here. We're going to do soul winning. And, you know, and, and I appreciate the heart of all of that. But this has to be the Holy Spirit has to be leading you. He has to be setting that up. Real quick story, and then I want to get into showing you some things tonight. When my whole family got born again, a a Southern Baptist pastor drove through our trailer park, drove past our little driveway, and he felt prompted to back up and to pull into our driveway and come up and knock on the door. What was that? He wasn't out just doing whatever. The Holy Spirit prompted him, go to that door. I'm glad he went to that door. I'm glad he went to that door. And uh, it's a wonderful story, and I won't, I won't go into it all right now. Now, prayer brings the rain. Prayer brings the Holy Spirit. You know some people that are hard ground, and you need to pray that the Holy Spirit would start to prepare, that he would rain on that soil, so to speak. In James 5, 7, it says this, Therefore be patient, brethren, until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth waiting patiently for it until it receives the early and the latter rain. It's a work of the Spirit that helps to bring them to that. Let me share just a couple things with you, and then I want to get into a little content of of what you would share. First of all, you know more than you think you know. I'm I'm going to tell you again. You know more than you think you know. You're better equipped than you think you are. And if you've been here more than three weeks, I would say you have an amazing amount of content in your heart and mind, if you pay attention in service. You know, and if you think about things and 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 endeavor to be a doer, because as you get exposed to the Word, there are just little things you know, especially on a Sunday morning when I give an altar call, how I prep for that altar call, the things that I say to people. uh, You know, let me do this. If 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 you make decisions and go in directions that take you away from God, you're going to incur what? Damage. And then, you know, the prayer that we lead people in. And I'm purposeful actually to do essentially the same prayer every week. 
for a couple of reasons. First of all, over the years, I've kind of honed that prayer to, I think that's a good way to do it. But the other thing is, you ready for this? And I have you do it every week. It's so you know it. It's so you know it. So that you could go out of here and, and do some form of it, even if you dropped part of it, that you could lead somebody in that prayer. So first of all, you know more than you think you know. Secondly, keep it simple. Keep it simple. Don't change your voice and try to go into high theology and with, with people. Don't do that. You'll turn them off. And keep it short. Everybody say, keep it short. Don't, don't go into, you know, some long, 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 because people's, people's attention span is very short. Uh, and the gospel, the gospel must be served warm. Everybody say it. The gospel... Must be served warm. That means you can't just run up to somebody and just get right in their face. Have you received Jesus? You know, it happens better where there's warmth, where something's been built, a bridge has been made. There's some trust that has has come. It's better served warm. And then share your story. You have a story. If you're a believer, you have a story. I started to tell you part of my story, you know, and your story, you know, that's what really counts because you're the satisfied customer that you've shared. Jesus did this in, in my life. Now, let me remind you in sharing your story to keep it simple and keep it short. Don't go. And then in 1975, now, did I tell you this part? You know, you, you, you know, keep it short, keep it simple, share your story, and serve it warm. And then don't underestimate, and this is huge, don't underestimate just the, if I can say it this way, the raw power of the gospel itself. You don't have to hype the gospel. Amen. You don't have to add to it. You don't have to make stuff up that God would do. There's just the raw power, if I can put it that way, of the gospel itself. Romans chapter 1, verse 16 Paul again writes, he says, For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. I want to give you a quick summation of the gospel. I'm going to share just a three-step thing, and then I want to show you a really, really cool thing. First of all, you need to be very familiar with John 3.16 and 3.17. Okay? Very familiar with this. And so we're going to put this up on the screen. I just want you to read this with me here. John 3, 16. Actually, we're going to go through verse 18, okay? So you need to kind of know this. Ready? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Get this part. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Now look at verse 18. He who believes in him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten son of God. Now let me just touch on that real quick. God, Jesus did not come to condemn. People are condemned already when they don't believe. When you believe, then you're not condemned. You following this? God didn't come to condemn. Jesus didn't come to condemn. We don't come to condemn. Amen. I'm very concerned for the church in America today that they're, they're more known for what we're against than what we're for. 
And Jesus came to seek and save that which was lost. He didn't come to condemn. He came to save. He came to show some love. And if people don't believe, they're condemned already. But once you do believe, follow this, once you do believe, you're not condemned. Because of this, sin can only be in two places right now. Listen, sin can only be in two places. Let Let me just do this real quick. Sin is the problem. Sin is the problem. So here's this nasty problem. It ruins everything. Just ruins everything. So sin's the problem. Sin is only going to be in one of two places. It's either going to be on Jesus, on the cross. Sin is either, now get this, it's either on Jesus. It was on Jesus on the cross 2,000 years ago. If you believed in him, that's where your sin is. If you don't believe in him, it's on you. And there's judgment to come. And this to me is just, all right, sin's the problem. There's no third place for sin. So if I believe in Jesus, it goes retro. If I believe in Jesus, all of my sin goes back on Jesus. It was on him on the cross because I believed in what he did back there. Now I'm not condemned. But if I don't believe I'm condemned already, And the only other place that that sin can be is on me. And that means that right now, sin would be on me today if I don't believe. And then judgment's to come. Or you can believe. That's why I say believe. Believe. Now, let me go through this real quick here. This is a quick summation of the gospel. and And I'll give you these three things and show you something super cool. The gospel, and this is a summation is the message that we're all separated from God because of our sin. All of us. And the result of sin, and we all know this, is emptiness, guilt, and fear of death. But because Jesus loved us, he sent his only begotten son to die in our place, to build a bridge between us and him because we were once separated. So we've got three things. And I won't take the time to write them right now. Sin. Everybody say sin. sin. So you've got sin, and sin's always the problem. Sin ruins everything. Sin ruins everything. Sin brings emptiness. Sin promises to fill you and make you feel awesome. And then it just brings you emptiness. And then, and then it gives you ongoing guilt. And then ever-present fear of death and everything else. Sin does that. And then sin brings separation. That's the second part. Everybody everybody say separation. Separation. So not only does it crud up my life, it separates me from God. And then the only answer is a Savior. And the Savior comes to bridge that gap. And Jesus is that only Savior. Now, I want to show you something here. We're going to show you a video real quick. And this is an app. How many of you have a smartphone? How many of you have a dumb phone? How many of you have a rotary dial? Okay. Um, If you have a smartphone or you're going to get one soon, this is an incredible free app. You can go to the iTunes, go to the little app store, and you can get this. But I just wanted to show this to you real quick, and we can learn from it real quick. And I'll show you. I'll demonstrate it for you, too. Go ahead and roll this real quick. I've always wanted to be involved in what God is doing in people's lives. 
but sometimes in sharing Christ with others, I didn't know what to say or how to say it. What am I supposed to say when my sister tells me she's getting a divorce and feels so alone? Or when mom finds out she has terminal cancer and wants to know what happens after she dies. Or my best friend wants to quit his job because he lacks purpose in his life. I know Jesus can help. But I wasn't confident about how to respond. So I let the moment slip away. That used to be me, but not anymore. I finally found a simple way to tell people about Christ. The Share Your Faith app. This app explains each part of the gospel in a way that's easy to understand. It shows in simple terms what God has done for us and how we can receive Christ and cross over into a relationship with Him. If you forget what to say, just slide up on the keyword and the explanation pops up. If someone wants further insight, the light bulb icon provides it. If they want to know what the Bible says about this step, the verse icon gives supporting passages. The app even provides key questions to determine if someone is ready to cross the line of faith. Then it leads them through a prayer to receive Christ. Afterwards, it explains the benefits of a new relationship with God. Now I know what to say and how to say it. Whether I'm traveling, working, playing, I'm always prepared to share Christ. And you can be too. Thousands of believers all over the country already use the bridge diagram to bring people they care about to Christ. Now this app makes it even easier. Join us. Download the app and see for yourself how it explains the gospel in a simple, clear, and compelling way. Someone in your life needs this message and they need to hear it from you. So check out the app, see how easy it is, and download it now. Yeah, it's really an awesome thing. You, you can go to that the app store. It's free. Everybody say free. Because I'm not, I'm not going to pull something in here. Four ninety nine. Yeah, I'm, and we're not we're not going to. It's free, and um, it's just share your faith. Share your faith. And I've I've got it on here right now, and I've got it on my phone. And you can just learn this and be able to share it. But sometimes it's good to just sit down with somebody. Can I can I show you something? Now again, the gospel is best served what warm. So, and if this is your job, please don't be offended, but I hate when I'm in the mall or something and somebody with a clipboard runs up to you, can I ask you some questions? I usually will go into a coughing fit and then, <laughs> no, I don't, no, I don't. Okay. So this is on my screen right now and you pull up and there's us and God and relationship. And like it said on the video, if I want to remember what I need to say, I just slide it up and say, you know, God loves us. He wants to have a relationship with us. And then there's an insight button at the bottom. I can push that too. And then we will never fully understand why God loves us so much and wants a relationship with us. But he does. He cares about us personally, wants to strengthen us and help us on our journey through life and into eternity. And then we go on. Here, there we go. And, but there's separation because of the sin. And if we try to, through our good works, bridge that, guess what's going to happen? Kaboom. We fall short. There's scriptures for it. You can tap at the bottom. Scriptures will pop up. Let me just do that real quick. For everyone has sinned. We all fall short of God's glorious standard. And then there's some other verses there. And then we come over. And then by falling short is death. And the bridge is Jesus. And it's just a simple. You know what it's very reminiscent of is the four spiritual laws, which is how I got born again. Campus Crusade. The, have you heard of the four spiritual laws? These little diagrams here. And then Jesus paid the price, 
canceled death, made that bridge to the Lord. It's just a very simple thing. And this served warm and simple and to the point and with Scripture. Don't underestimate the power, just the raw power of Scripture itself. It even has in the back, and I'll, I'll go ahead and stop there. Even in the back of it, it has uh, a prayer. And I don't want to make this automated. I don't want to do that, but this is a guide. It's something that would help you. And I just want to make that available to you tonight. So you may want to look at that. And again, it's free. Nobody's trying to get anything from you. I just think it's great that technology hops in and helps us. Uh, it, it would be in the old days, maybe a track. But this is, you know, on your hip, in your pocket, in your purse, whatever. It's, it's just right there. And then you're able to, with somebody, could, you know, conversation gets to a point, could I just show you something? And what are you doing at that point? You're watering. You're planting seed. And, and please get this. Serve it warm. Serve it warm. Don't pound on a table. You know, don't do all that. Serve it warm. And let the Holy Spirit do the work while you just do your part. Amen. We believe that everybody's going to spend forever somewhere. And God has this great mission, and it's our great purpose. And there are people all around us, and I think the most tormenting thing that would ever happen in heaven, although there is none there, but in my mind to think that, that there was somebody that I had opportunity and I didn't at least water, I didn't at least sow seed. Now, what a person does, they have a free will. If I was God, I wouldn't have made it that way. But he knows better. Okay, he knows better. Because he wants the people that love him and believe him that they do it out of their own heart, not because they're made to. You know, we're not a bunch of little robots. And that we of our heart would choose and realize I'm separated from God and I can't get there any other way except through Jesus. And Jesus made the way. I'm the one who created the distance. He's the one who built the bridge because he loved me and wanted a relationship with me. Amen? And you're going to be amazed. And I want you to do this. I I triple dog dare you. To start to pray in the morning. Lord, will you set up some times for me today that I could water or I could seed. I could plant seed. And you watch what God will begin to do. Don't force anything. Serve it warm. Keep it simple. Trust the Holy Spirit. And he who wins souls is wise. And wise people are really, really happy too. Amen. Did you get anything at all out of this tonight? All right. Go ahead.